Start the show. We're starting the show. Okay. <laughs> Do we want to play it again for the people? Um, I mean, we don't have to, but I mean, it's we'll it, a, it's worth another listen. I mean, it's, give them a little bit of it. It's beautiful. This is a song from the show Station Eleven. It's a post-apocalyptic show, post-apocalyptic song, and it makes you want to live in the post in the, live in the post-apocalypse. Kinda does. <laughs> In the, in, in the show, they were all gathered around the campfire singing this. We can't go driving in an automobile. There ain't no motorcycles popping up on their wheels. I love the fucking fiddle, dude. I love yeah. the fiddle. You know what I love about this song? Is... When the fiddle and stuff kicks in, it's almost mournful. Yeah. It's weird because it's like all these things combined into one thing. Like the line that's getting ready to come up, the stars are are now brighter after the doom. I mean, that captures it right there. That is like a person like me who is praying for the end of civilization and for it all to collapse and for the fewest amount of people to be hurt and especially people you love, but then gives life meaning again. And then, you know, and then the world becomes more beautiful. You're and never better. bored because you have to, you're surviving every day. And, and even, the, and they always depict it as that is the only post-apocalyptic show that depicts the end of civilization with absolute joy. There is, there is so much bad going on, but at the same time, those people love their lives. Yeah, like, they're having a great time. I mean, Kirsten was very traumatized, so it was stuff like that. But they they got to go around and Doing Shakespeare play. and do Shakespeare and, and <laughs> yeah. play music around Lake Michigan, which is, by the way, if you if you if you aren't familiar, is fucking vast. It's a freaking ocean. It is an inland sea. Is all it is. All the Great Lakes are an inland sea. Plus, twenty years after that. Remember when uh, the pandemic forced people to quit going out in boats and all that shit mm-hmm. and how quickly the earth recovered? Dolphins were swimming back in Venice, you know, all that stuff because of the lack of pollution and stuff. Imagine an earth 20 years after all that shit to, to a massive degree where all that shit is no more. It is no more. Yes, things are going to happen that they don't discuss in that show. The meltdown of nuclear power plants. Mm-hmm. That will happen. So, uh, because without anything to put the cooling water on the rods... The rods are going to boil out, and you're going to. So you got a few spots that uh, you're going to have some uninhabitable spots. Yeah, and that's going to cause fallout. That's going to circle the earth. That is something that is going to happen. The plastics aren't going anywhere soon, but with no more dumping in, and those plate, it's it it resolves itself. The earth is such a beautiful, almost organism to itself. The Gaia principle. Give it enough time. Um, some species would evolve to eat the plastic. And there are species nations. already evolving. I think the they're um, doing genetic engineering on some plankton type species. They, they've, they've done that, but they've also discovered that there are species that have all that already have spontaneously learned how to do it's it. It's going to happen. It's just in such a small scale they can't consume. Yeah, they need you know. a, a quadrillion of them. Yeah, and there they, is this kid uh, Boyan Slot. He, I think he's like nineteen, maybe mm-hmm. by now. He created this giant machine that goes out in the ocean. He Cyclotron gathers, basically pulls it all in. Gathers up as much plastic as possible, and then he t- takes the plastic and makes things out of it. That's beautiful. He makes like bracelets. Hats. Mom got a bunch of those for Christmas one year. Yeah. And, and Pat, I've got one at the house. It's pretty neat. She loves that kind of thing. Mom is, my mother raised us to revere the earth. 
not in a religious way, but in a scientific way. And I think that oddly, we revere it more than anybody anybody religious ever could, you know, because the, the, the sheer natural processes of the earth are staggering. I mean, it's just they're they're beautiful and they're giant and they're, you know, and, and they're so perfect. But the the thing that comes with perfection is fragility. So, you know, but at the same time, it's not really fragility. One thing I've noticed around even my backyard ecology, the honeybees are all but gone. I don't know if you've noticed that. Around my place, they're all but gone. I still see them. I see a few, but I don't see. They used to be everywhere. Remember when they were like so thick you couldn't even walk through the grass? Mm-hmm. One thing I have noticed is that all these other pollinator species have stepped back up. There are bumblebees everywhere. There are sweat bees. There are the bees that I've imported, the uh, leafcutter bees and the mason bees. There's uh, pollinating wasps. There's, you know, all these things, and they're all stepping up to fill that niche. It's just, it's a, it's a gap, and certain things are running right back in there to, to fill it back up. You know, so Earth is a beautiful thing. Let's hear the chorus of this song. Also, like uh, this song, I like that they're not really singing harmony; they're singing in unison in different octaves. Right. I like that kind of thing. Too. It's a very. It reminds me of seeing um, who I saw not long ago. I went uh, with a lady friend and her friends and saw. Um, Probably the Avett Brothers Yes Was it the Avett Brothers or was it Mumford and Sons It wasn't Mumford and Sons Probably was the Avett Brothers or There's another one like a really popular one that, Like the Stompgrass type yes, music Yes it's great I love it Green Sky Yes no 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 it's it's a really it's a, like, probably, It probably is the Avett Brothers I mean they're just they're, they're talented and it's fun And they all can play different things And you know I just loved it I've seen them twice Really, really enjoyed yeah. it. It's, it's a great memory. Both times with so, uh, our friend Brie Kaiser. Yeah. Once with John and once with just me and her. There's just, in that in that kind of music, which I would include that in that. Yeah, it's kind of like it's a, It's got more horns and stuff like that, but yeah. Um, but it's such just joy. I mean, it, they were brothers have some fucking heart rippers, too. They do. They do have a lot of joyful songs. I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. I, it's like I was talking about heavy metal. To somebody today And I almost kicked myself I was like I, I, tr- I walled myself in for so long And just listen Not just metal Stuff like Tool and Rage Against Machine Which isn't necessarily metal I guess It is but it isn't And just so much time lost To, to just misery And how much joy I was missing out on In everything You know And That's kind of why I'm uh, Changing my songs That were Originally written as like sad bastard songs and making them a little bit more joyful. All you need to do is change the inflection with how you sing it and the way the music's played to make it a little bit more uplifting than just sitting there with an acoustic guitar complaining. Well, there's nothing wrong with <laughs> there it. isn't. I, I mean, still love those, but types I, of songs. I, I, but it's not necessarily those. Those I can handle. It's rage. I don't like rage. Like I'm not talking the band. I love rage. Rage Against the Machine. They're great. But I'm talking about more of the. 
the ennui, the everything sucks, everything, you know, all, all political corruption, all that stuff. I don't have Which t- is a lot of punk music, actually. It is, but, but it's, there's also but it's a different tenor there. There's also so much different punk music that is uh, more uplifting. I, like, I wouldn't say that the Ramones are very political. No, <laughs> I mean, they're just singing about Rockaway Beach and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But no, punk, even though they sing about that stuff, punk almost has a savage joy to it. I mean, that's the way I describe it. It makes you angry, but it's a good, positive, like, happy anger. It's really weird. Like, um, you know, you take somebody like, uh, like Bad Cop, Bad Cop. They're, they're great. There's some ladies, you know, and they, and they sing about, you know, all the lady stuff. And they do a really good, great job at it. And it's, you know, it's just this, you know, fist in the air defiance. But at the same time, it's like, you're not talking about burning the fucker down. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Raising the machine is about burning the fucker down, you know? And and there, there there's so much in there. Like, and I just couldn't do it anymore. Like, I don't know if I got old. I don't know if I just was tired of fucking just being mad and sad all the time. I just, and there's people who, still are my age pretty much and still do that. And I just want to grab him by the shoulder and shake him like, man, life is too short. You can't keep doing this. This brings you no joy. Yeah. You know, if you're walking around mad and sad about shit all the time, then what the fuck is life worth living? You know, it's just, yeah. And it took a few people to turn me on to that. Yourself, John, uh, Aaron and Elena, other people I know, you know, just, I was John Stamos is who you're referring yes. to. Yes. Yeah. Good friends with John Stamos. It's weird. I know. I mean, because you don't like Greek people. I can't stand them. They're the Man, worst. Stamos, he's got that charm. He's a charming son of a bitch. <laughs> they need Stamos. to do a remake of the Iliad and have John Stamos as Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of fighting, everybody just loves him and throws their weapons down and gives him a big hug. He's great, guys. Open the, open the gates. It's going to be fun. Hmm. Episode 388. I'm not going to play the theme song. We already played that other song. It's good enough. I love that song. Yeah, I like it a lot. Now I'm interested in hearing the rest of the soundtrack, actually. I have done a deep... I don't know. We might go through the Station Eleven sound. This might be a fun employment files. This son of a bitch might get taken down. I love it. I don't know if they have any songs that will get us taken down. If it's on a uh, soundtrack to a big... Station like, uh, 11 Have you noticed That Station 11 Came and went Yeah And, and there wasn't It didn't It's a blip I mean it, it, Lots of people loved it It's and, gonna be one of those Where Everybody's gonna get it In a couple years Well I think it's more It's like um, It was so I don't know In in some sense It's difficult to understand Yeah Cause it had a lot of Metaphorical stuff in it And it had like you know, it had uh, the spaceman and it had I remember damage and all that stuff. And all those things were thrown in there. And people were like, well, I mean, I remember hearing people bitch about it. Like, but the best thing I love about it is that it made fun of itself when Jeevan was trapped under and he went out to get go get her the Station Eleven fucking graphic novel. And he's under that sheet trying to stay alive. And he's reading. He's going so pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> he, that's they're referring to themselves. Yeah. That's what I loved about it. It was so self-aware. One thing I didn't notice either, and I went I went on a deep dive in a couple of things this week. Um, did you notice that Jeevan took on, he became an amalgamation of his siblings that died. Yeah, his sister, 
was a doctor, he became a doctor, and then Frank walked with a cane and was much more philosophical and deeper and thought deeper about life, and he became that, and he got the cane with it too. I didn't notice that. I mean, I'm, I, I didn't grab a hold of that. You know, it, it just shows that if you listen to not even just necessarily criticism, but people's opinions about things, they will enlighten you on things you didn't see. There's a, a whole bunch of uh, songs. That would um, get us taken down. Well, no, this is like all Dan Romer, the the guy that says that did all the music for it. So I guess he wrote all the songs. But there's also a soundtrack mm-hmm. that has the orchestral music. Well, it has like the licensed music that they had to pay to. Get I wonder in. how much they had. It's just they had a tribe called Quest song. I remember that. That's the song that Frank was singing. This might just be the score. I think it is. It's a brilliant score. It's called "Is There a Doctor?" Yeah, I remember loving the music for it. I might watch that some bitch again. Oh, I started it. I started it at the gym this morning. I had it playing when I was working out, <laughs> and I'm I'm serious. I'll do that. I need something to just to help, and I and I'm so I was so into it that I could just picture the scenes without having to see it. So, my favorite piece of music is when um, Jeevan and Kirsten see each other again. It's, yeah, it, dude, it's a. I was watching it at work, and I'm, you know, just that clip, and I'm over there crying. Like, I got my dark glasses on, and I'm, like, hoping nobody sees me. <laughs> it's like... This one's just called Station Eleven. Damage. Then escape. Then adrift in a stranger's galaxy for a long time. But I'm safe now. I found it again. My home. My memories are the same as yours. They mean nothing. I feel this again for the first time. I have a job to do. I have found you nine times before, maybe ten. And I'll find you again. Until the last time. I always do. I find you because I know you. And I know you because we are the same. You will know your endpoint when you reach it. In the early days before their home is broken, they hardly notice me. She has a beautiful voice. It's better to not be noticed. It is better to not be noticed. It's gravelly almost, but it's smooth at the same time. I wonder who it is. It's it's Miranda. Danielle Deadweiler. It's the girl who played Miranda. Which one's Miranda? She's the black lady who who wrote Station Eleven. Okay. We have work to do. The, she was like a lawyer or advertising person yes. or something like that. And she got stuck in China and she was supposed to get out. That whole thing. And then that she sucks did, so bad. Oh, dude. I mean, this, and then that breakdown she had in the middle of the meeting, she's like, why wasn't I there to die with my love? You know, it was just like. This book has been around for a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, I read it 10 years ago. Novel by Emily St. Mandel. John Mandel. Yeah, it's. I love it. I absolutely. George R. R. Martin is the one who turned me on to it. He read we're it. We're just talking to George R. R. Martin. He's like, "Hey, man, you need to check this." <laughs> it was out. on his website. Yeah. He he put a picture of that cover up, and he said, "You guys have to read this." He's like, "This is one of the best books I've read in years." And he published said, in 2014. So it's, yeah, eight years ago. I, I, I wow. got I got it when it came that's out. That's a bit, that's a pretty quick turnaround for a kind of an underground book. Yes. That you I'm not a reader that much, but like usually I hear about the big books or whatever at least. 
it was a New York Times bestseller, but like the show, it is so discerning. It is almost con- it is almost like <clears throat> it's discerning in itself of the people who are going to love it. I've, sh- I've, I've uh, it's a couple of people I've known have watched it. Some, I could not disagree more with a couple of opinions. Some Dude, I can't wait to hear these. Well, one person the lady said, that wrote it's kind of cute. Who is that? That's the lady that wrote it. Oh yeah, she. Well, yes, she is. She's very pixie like. Yeah. Um, no, they didn't think the re- reunion with Jeevan and Kirsten was good. They felt it was kind of too small, too not enough. I think for the scope of that show, that was perfect. That's what my didn't that was my opinion was overblown. it was very minimalistic yeah because that's what the show was it wasn't Hollywood it was it wasn't it was meant to be real it was meant to be this these people have gone through this thing and it is not some zombie outbreak it's not some fucking giant thing it is what would happen if civilization collapses it would be the fact that most people's lives would go on and they would be happy. And, you know, and I think that I do think for me personally, a lot of people would be happier. You know, it would be like, thank God we don't have to go to those shit jobs anymore. Thank, well, I, I like my job, but I'm saying, you know, just jobs yeah. in general. Thank God I don't have to be part of this fucking thing anymore where I have to go in debt to live and where I don't have to do, you know, there's lines of the. Uh, the and we can still do all the things that we like to do mostly, we except d- for watch movies. We could make we our could own still, movies. We can still do that for a while. Yeah. You know, generators and stuff like that would work for quite a while. You know, yeah. um, I had an idea about a story. I've always wanted to write a good apocalyptic story. And I was before I even read that. I remember thinking, you want me to do an outline? Let's do an outline. Sure. We're doing an outline, baby. We're in English <laughs> class. I was thinking the general idea of it is why do post-apocalyptic stories have to be bad? Why do all of them have to be sad and bad stories? Why can't you have a good, happy story? You know, no, not that it doesn't have conflict. You need conflict in anything. But I've gone through different iterations. One of them, it was far in the future, where people barely remembered the United States and things like that. But then I had another idea that was... Apocalypse. Apocalyptic. A-P-A, right? O- A-P-O. A P O C A L Y C A L Y P T T I C. I get the the A and the O confused. And it's a very it's a somewhat confusing word. Um, the idea that I had, I had, I had, a, I had one that I thought was a, would make a good story, but it is more, it is darker. It's about a father and daughter who are walking. Um, well, they're walking through here. They're walking walking through this part of Appalachia. They're actually walking through Golly Bridge, and they get to Boomer. And an unseasonal snowstorm hits because another little ice age has happened. Yes. So it it starts to get cold in November. So they were supposed to walk. They were returning from a place. They were returning from, I don't know what they were going to be returning from. Now I have an idea what they were going to be returning from. They go to find libraries and find old books because the father is building a library. Okay. He He wants to preserve books. There are no more digital things. So he's trying to find all these books and preserve as many as he can, especially the ones he loves. He can be carrying around the Declaration of Independence, too. Well, no, that's more the postman. I'm thinking that he will love more. I forgot about the fucking postman. Never mind. I think it would be more like he loves science fiction and fantasy like I do. So he was going after a copy of Dune is actually what he was going on. He, right on. He, um, and they, they, he secures a nice copy of Dune and they're taking it back. Well, the snowstorm hits 
and they get holed up in this place. But but right before they get holed up in this house, they see this dog, big fucking Akita, fighting a wolf. That's uh, the type of dog you want with you. Well, of course. And it, the dog's name, I actually had a story that I actually wrote. Remember my short story, Ronan? Remember that story yes. where he fought the wolf and he won, but then he falls over and he drags himself up to the house and lays down and dies. In this part of it, they see the fight and they're following him. And they don't, but the, the dad's like, you can't touch him. He'll bite you, you know, and just like, but we've got to help him, you know, and they finally just follow him to where he goes and they patch him up and they just stay in this house. But unbeknownst to them, there's a fucking tiger. Jesus. Like, because all the zoos, well, it was a st- very Stephen King thing where I had this part where this dad and his son were living in this place and they got a tiger. Like there are just a couple of those people who said, Hey, wouldn't it be cool to get a tiger? There are those people. And they got a tiger and then it, and then the son, they both caught the flu. The dad died. The son was dying. So he, and he looked at the tiger. He's like when this massive fever and he's just like, it's not fair for that tiger, for that guy to stay in there. He's got to have a chance. And he lifts the fucking thing and runs out. So now you've got a tiger stalking Appalachia, you know, (laughs) and it's a fucking, and it's a big Siberian fucking tiger. They didn't get a Bengal. They got a Siberian. And and it's a nice age. Yes. So he's comfy. Exactly. <laughs> Plenty to eat. He almost starves to begin with. But then he is going through a place where he's eating pretty much everything and is starving. So he smells the blood of the dog. He starts stalking the house and ever as they do in ever diminishing circles. There can be cut scenes back and forth uh, between the dog and the tiger, almost like they're the main characters. Yeah. And the tiger like has to remember how to be a tiger right you know and, I mean? and also the theme of the whole story is nothing is ever all good or all bad and the dad is trying to instill this into his daughter and she's like 12 and then this the story ends with they've nursed the dog back to health and they're walk out the door and they and the tiger attacks him and but the dog runs interference and grabs the tiger by the neck you know and an Akita's not going to do much damage. Even uh, even an Akita can't do much damage to a tiger. No. But he but he distracts him long enough. The tiger like bats him away, and the dad and the dad gets him, and like the tiger's got the dad. He sticks him in the neck and kills him, but not before he's mortally wounded. The dog is okay. He's just been knocked aside. So he's dying. And looks at his daughter, and he said, and he's like, "Don't be afraid." He's like, "This is what life is." So and then and then, and then she just takes the dog, buries him, and walks away. And that's the end of the story. Takes the dog and buries her dad. Yes. With the tiger. And then you got a sequel where it's her and the dog. Sure. Going around. It would know. be. And it, it doesn't need to be. These would be short stories. Like yeah. they could be um, 60, 100 pages, something like that. I mean, 40. I'd say it would probably have to be a novella. It would be, probably have to be. 126. 200. 200 pages. 180, 200 pages. Okay. So um, I actually had. I had a name for it and everything. I had an outline. I knew the story. I knew I'd written the beginning and it was thought about talking into your uh, phone at like to, to basically write it. Give yourself all. Yes. I've thought of all different things, but I just, the, the simple fact is I start and I start really strong. And then I come to a point in the story that I don't like. And I feel like it's shit, so I don't go back. To, I mean, it's it's a terrible thing to do. I used to be able to write yeah, through it. I do that. And, <laughs> yeah, we all. I think everybody. I do that us. anytime I do a, a song. Like I've, there's so many things I've written that there's one verse and a chorus, and yeah. I, like I can't think of anything to say for the next cor- verse. Right. So I'll leave it, and then maybe a year later I come back. And I'm like, oh, I remember that. I try to. That's why having these is handy. The phones, because I can just 
sing it into my phone and then a year later when I come back to it, it's there and be like, Oh, that's the melody. That that's where the chords change and all that crap. Right. So when I think of something that might go with it, it's there for me and it's also written down. But it's a it's an amazing tool. These these fuckers aren't all bad. They're not they're not all bad at all. <laughs> as as we've just discussed, nothing yeah. is all good or all bad. Yeah. So the story I thought about doing I'm I'm good at screenplays. I've discovered that. Because I'm very I'm a very visual person when I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm I'm trying to convey a vision. I don't feel like I get it across. So w- what you do with the screenplay is you're putting up just the screenplay and then it's all told with camera. So yeah. the story would be just visual, just a just them walking and you know, having just a little bit of dialogue. Um the name of the story was either gonna be one uh walkabout or um, there, there will be tigers, you know, so I like that. I mean, because this is in a, in a future where, you know, it's just far enough where captive animals have, like I've always wanted, thought it was a really cool idea for them to have get out and, 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 and bred successfully and all kinds of stuff. And, um, she asked her dad, she's like, you know, well, there were captive tigers. He said, yeah, there were lots of them. And she's like, well, Will there be? Will we see tigers someday? And he looks there and said, "There will be tigers." You know, so and they're going to see them. You know, because that's her favorite animal. But then she has to. At the end, I like the fact that the tiger isn't a villain. It's ultimately not it's a just villain. A tiger, it, exactly. So that's why she buries it with her dad. Like she comes up and she like grabs its fur and like you know. How old's this girl to be digging that big of a <laughs> big of a grave? She's twelve. But she's twelve. But she's twelve, living in an apocalyptic yeah, scenario. Strong. Right, and she's got the big Akita to help dig. Sure. <laughs> well, he just got to sit there. I, I just, I, I, I love the f- the fight I wrote between. That's one of the best things I've, I think I've ever written is the fight between that the, the the wolf and that dog. You know, because the story starts out. You still have it written down. I can. Yes, I, it's okay. actually on my Facebook. I mean, okay. oh yeah, okay, I remember. Um, and my favorite line was you know the animals can communicating with each other with posture and things like that so i just did italics and um the the deer is laying there it's mauled like ronan gets up and he smells something on the wind he falls dog's name is ronan right yes and he and he follows it and um the uh the the deer is like there in the it's it's been wounded and it's and standing in the river and it's just trying and so ronan runs down and kills it and he turns around and the wolf that mauled it is standing there and he like growls oh. and, and and it's like growling at each other and saying my kill and, and and then the wolf says my kill drop it or fight and then they just they're on each other and fucking you know <laughs> the akita's bigger animal and he just kind of carries him over <laughs> and they're all oh, dude it's <laughs> fucking, <laughs> it was a brutal knockdown you Who know would you want to score this if it was a, a movie you got your Hans I mean, if, Zimmer, if it would be you got your John Williams, uh, well, Hans Zimmer would be great. But one thing I've noticed, I, I, I thought this today. The guys it, from Stranger Things. It's a little too eighties. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice if they could fit. But one thing I've noticed today, like I was watching um, Gladiator. I was watching the beginning of Gladiator. It's a great sequence, man. They're fighting the Germans. You know all that shit going. It would have been far more effective. A lot of it with some parts, no music. Yeah. That's Just, what I thought about um, Quiet Place. Yes. It's a movie where you can't make noise or else these crazy monsters right. are going to come and get you. Right. So I thought there should have been no score at all. There, There's only one scene where there should have been any music, and it's when John Krasinski and his wife, Emily Blunt, are in the basement after a long day, and they still have an iPod that works. 
and they and they split the um, the earbuds and they're yeah. listening to Harvest Moon. That that should have been the only. Oh, that's beautiful. They, oh, it was great. Yeah, that's a great movie. I, I would still like haven't see, seen it. I think it's on Paramount. Maybe it's on one of those. Mm. Might be on Prime. But uh, that's the only scene that really needed. I'd like to see a cut that it doesn't have any any score or anything. Mm-hmm. I think it would have made it so much more intense, and it was still very good. Sure, the second one was good too. But the first one was, I thought it was one of the better, probably the best horror movie in the last 10 years or so. I think. And it's post-apocalyptic too. It's, I mean, those stories are so compelling because they're just, you almost have to tell a story like that or you have to tell it in the 80s now because cell phones and tablets and all this shit are suck. They've solved so many you. problems. Well, I was thinking about this too. I mean, this is a giant favorite things episode, so let's just go for it. Yeah. Um, I was studying up a lot about Dune. Like watching these videos about Dune, I, I did one about the Sardaukar, and it just described their whole fucking fucking history. Holy fuck, those people are just terrifying. I mean, they Sardaukar. Remember the uh, elite warriors from Dune, the ones who floated and, and floated in and had the swords and shit. Duncan Idaho killed like five of them, which holy shit is a fucking feat. He was he was a badass. Like even the Sardaukar revered how how tough Duncan Idaho was. That's Jason Momoa. S a r d a u k a r. Okay. There's a pick. There's lots That's of what they look lots like of awesome pictures. Allegedly. They're from this human mankind spread to the stars during this. There's a period where they left Earth. Earth became uninhabitable. Uninhabitable. So they chose this planet, Seleucus Secundus. Is one of the only, and it's a awful, awful place. It, it's it, it alternates between being freezing and fucking burning up. It has zero resources, so all these fucking tribes were pitted against each other, and they just scrabbling and fighting to survive. The Sardu were like the the tribe that conquered conquered everybody. So after they had murdered pretty much everybody and accepted the ones who were good enough fighters into their tribe, they just renamed their whole people the Sardaukar. And they were like unbeatable. They, I mean, a, a people raised in such conditions are going to be unbeatable. Like uh, the best quote ever is in from Game of Thrones when uh, Theon Greyjoy says, um, "My father says hard lands breed hard people, and hard people rule the world." And that's just the way it fucking works, you know. Um, that's been turned a little bit on its head now because we have so much technology, but if it degenerated back down, our soldiers are tough, man. Don't get me wrong. American soldiers are good. They're real good, but they live in such a fat land that they don't, they don't have that, that thing, you mm-hmm. know, in them. Not that I don't think they could get it, you know, but I, I, I really think that, you know, it would take some, some learning, but, um, and they had conquered all these other planets and, um, they eventually became uh, House Carino, which House Carino is the current emperor's house. So the the emperors are descended from the Sardaukar, but they aren't the Sardaukar anymore. They're this other group of people because they've become soft. But um, Sardaukar was kept deliberately at an awful fucking place to hone these people. And the strongest survived. And, you know, they were given... But they were. It's almost like they get they re, uh, they reach heaven because then the emperor, if they if they're good enough, brings them and gives them this great life. So th- th- it makes them fight that much harder. So 
the whole basis for the Dune movie and for the book is that the Atreides had almost, almost created a, with Duncan Idaho's help and Gurney Halleck and all these others, had almost created a group of soldiers who were almost as good as Sardaukar. They weren't quite there, you know, because Caladan was a nice place, you know, it was, you know, it was lots of water. It was, you know, Caladan's a beautiful planet. Um, that's the planet they were on at the beginning. And um, also Duke Leto was very popular among the Lonsrod. The Lonsrod were like the, all the great houses. They love Duke Leto because he's fair dealing, charismatic, all these things. And the emperor was threatened by the Atreides. So he set them up to take Arrakis. And then he enlisted some Sardaukar to fight with Harkonnen so he could just wipe them out. Um, of course, this is all secret. This is the Bene Gesserit were in on it. Those bitches. Oh, they're fucking horrible. Um, the Benny Tleilacs were in on it. The Navigators were in on it. All these different groups. The Benny Tleilacs we won't see in, in the movies. They're, they're really fascinating. Herbert's, I know I'm talking a lot, man, but this That's shit, was, this like shit this. was so fascinating to me. I'm tired of talking. <laughs> well, this he created a, 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 a universe in a world where there were no more thinking computers because this thing happened called the Butlerian Jihad, where these... It's a great name. It's it, Butlerian? But, as in the woman's name was Butler. Oh, okay. and, and, and And this thinking machine took, took her baby and killed it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a very I, local I, reference. I didn't, I didn't think about that. Um, but then there was a war between thinking machines and people. And people won... Thinking Machines is a great name for an album. Actually, it's a great name for a group. Yeah. Um, but then after they they made something called the Orange Catholic Bible, which was really just a condensation, a condensement of all world religions, including Catholicism, and this thing. And the number one commandment is, "Thou shalt not make a machine in the in the image of man." Mm-hmm. So there's no. That's why you see no robots. You see no computers. You see none of that shit because human beings have now been pushed to their limit about what they can do and they've almost some of them almost become alien species the many tleilacs have manipulated genetics to such a point that they have these people called face dancers where their faces will they can impersonate anybody um they do create things called gola where they take dead cells and regrow somebody you know it's not a clone it's it's a it's because the cells are dead and then they just bring this thing back to life they created the uh that awful the mentat that was uh, House Harkonnen's Mentat. Um, his name's Peter Peter DeVries. He's just Mentats are supposed to be. Um, they're they're by the way, uh, Matt. They're just thinking. They're human beings that have become computers essentially. Remember the the old um, the black man that was the Atreides guy. He's light skinned, and they asked him how much it was going to be, and his eyes like rolled up in his head. He was doing a calculation. So how much fucking money that the uh, emperor was going to spend? Mentats of Dune. Okay, there's like a spinoff novel by Brian Herbert. Yeah, a lot of people don't know if those are considered uh, canon because that's Frank Herbert's son. Some people don't like them. I think they seem very interesting and perfectly good fiction. Um, I will read anything science fiction. I love it. But um, uh, Mintance of Dune is a 2014 science fiction novel by Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson set in Dune Universe, created by Frank Herbert. Mm-hmm. It is the second book in their Great Schools of Dune prequel trilogy, which itself is a sequel to their Legends of Dune trilogy. Yes. Hmm. The Mentats are tasked with uh, the things that that computers would have done, like higher math. You know, they've been their brains have been sharpened to such a point that they are living computers. Yeah, it's an amazing concept. You know, um, 
and then you have you know the Benny Tlilacs who they they create they there's no women in their culture they've turned their women into these axolotl tanks they're living receptacles that are basically no head a head no arms and it's just a womb and they just sit there and, and it's awful dude the 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 the, the Benny Tlilacs are fucking awful like the, I want to see that just type in axolotl tank hold on one second a x Oh, okay. Axolotl tanks. Apparently, there is a <clears throat> an animal. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, salamander. Axolotl tank dune. There yes. we go. Look at the images for that. Okay, that's terrifying. That looks like it's in a video game. Yeah, it's it's really terrible. Um, so nobody even gets to fuck these bitches. They just sit there and get. Well, no, they have no sex. They're they're a sexless species. They just create things in tanks. But they create these. But uh, that's a terrifying. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I saw. That's a really. That's more akin to what is actually what they actually look like. That is horrifying. That's the thing, and that uh, the many Tlilacs create. Um, they create like uh, mentats, like I said, are supposed to be like have um, morality and things like that. They're supposed to, you know, just be neither passion nor prejudice. They they just serve. Well, they create mentats that are evil and twisted, and they will and they're use their st- their genius for for evil. Then they create you know, they've created all kinds of unethical things, you know, and they really go into that. And um, man, an axolotl tank or axolotl tank was. The tank by which Benny Tylax reproduced a living human being from cells of a cadaver producing a type of a clone called yeah. a gola. Yeah. Duncan Idaho, actually. That's why Jason Momoa, I don't know if he'll, they might bring him back at the end of the second part of uh, the, the Dune movie, because I think they're going to do a show. And I would love like Duncan a, Idaho is alive. That you know the the Dune. I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. No, no. Just I was just I was just going to say I think it'd be great to have a like a ten episode show about that whole world. It might be an easier way to tell the fucking story. It would, but he's done it so brilliantly. Yeah, that movie he's the was only awesome. guy able to tell that fuck. I was watching it the other night and I forgot how brilliant it was. It's fucking great. But you know what makes it so great? What they filmed it in an actual place. Absolutely. Same Absolutely. thing with Station Eleven. Right, it's filmed in an actual place. Uh, it's it. Uh, that's that's my thing now. I can't I can't deal with green screen anymore. But the Dune timeline is thirty five thousand years from the beginning of the book to the end book. Fuck. Yeah, and by the end they don't even remember. Like and and uh, Paul's son, who comes, his name's Leto the Second, essentially becomes a villain. He turns himself into a sandworm, hmm. and he just becomes the God Emperor. And he, he he gets he does this enforced peace for like thousands of years. And he lives for that long too. It's crazy. It's such. It's not a hero story. People think that Dune Paul's journey is a hero's journey, but it, it ultimately does not end up good. It ends up badly. And I don't know if Villeneuve is going to go that way, or he's just going to tell the story of the first two Dune books where it's Paul's hero journey, which he is a compelling and nice character. Yeah. But like I say, I've said this a thousand times, there are no characters that are that are likable by the fourth book. They're just not likable anymore because they're all jockeying for position. They're always doing these terrible things. And humanity in this in this future are awful. They're almost are like the Benny Tlilax. Then you have the Benny Gesserit. You have the 
The navigator. Benny Goodman. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I... <laughs> Benny Filiaggi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Isn't that a guy from around here? It is, actually. I was thinking it was, I was, thinking it was uh, almost the guy from... Uh, as Max Casello, I was thinking. But anyway. Um, then you have the Planet of X, where it's like they are developing technology that everybody else can use and they live in these caves underground because they're doing shit that they were forbidden to do, like making computers that can think and stuff like that. Then you have, um, you know, and the timeline by the end of the timeline, the Benny Jesuit gets sent away and they come back as the, uh, the, the something Madres who are these fucking awful, the women are the warriors in this in, in, in large part. And they become these terrifying warriors because they had developed the human body to such a point that they get superhuman strength and stuff. Superhuman strength within reason. You know, I, I think Captain America would be as as high as you could go, you know. So they're they're all pretty much that strong, that fast, you know. Um it, they're treme- it's a tremendous series of books because they're so strange. And 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 it started with creating a world where computers no longer do shit for us. And that circles back to my original point mm. is that we need a new Butlerian j- jihad. We need to get rid of this shit, you know. I like it. But man, what is it costing us? It's a lot. It is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and as somebody who likes their phone and likes being able to order things, all that stuff, all the books I buy and all those things, I love that part of it. But I don't like the fact that I'm tied to it too. And I notice I'm tied to it. Like I've got a book, I'm reading Desperation, and I'm almost done with it, Stephen King book. And I have to stop because I just have to glance at my phone and it just drives me nuts. And. When I sit there and I, well, one day I didn't bring my phone with me. I forgot it. So I had to just read and I read so much. Like, yeah. so, you know, I get so much done without it around. Yeah, they're amazing tools, but they can be a big time. Time sucks. Just completely divert your attention. TikTok. Away. It's fucking evil. I've never, I only see the ones that get reshared on Twitter or Facebook. I've mm-hmm. never logged into the app and I don't plan on it. But there is so much madness in this world. Yeah. Just, you got the left-wing people going in there, make just making things up. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, just, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm bird gendered. And uh, just people, this is what happens when people don't have anything to do. They just start letting their minds wander and they're not, not doing anything creative. Write something. Learn to play an instrument. Well, that's what we've talked about. The fact that creativity has died a horrible death because there's no reason to be creative anymore. I mean, creativity is a outgrowth of frustration and a bunch of bad things. You're trying to turn those bad things into good things, or it's an expression of beautiful things. The Romans were in large part like us because they were, their lives were so easy, you know, by comparison, you know, for that time anyway. And their, their creativity was, they didn't have very much. They just copied the thing the Greeks did and the other peoples did. And just, you know, they made it better in some ways. Their sculptures are beautiful and all kinds of stuff. Um, but they had no real creativity as a people. And I think that's the, 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 that's the way we're going, where we are just. Okay, here's, this is what the, the youth in this country are doing right now. This person's Hi, in their 30s, my name's Cameron, and I'm a member of our DID system. So Avery and I are both birds. I am a cardinal, and Avery is a I thought you chick. were bullshitting. 
We like AM air pronouns in particular because they feel even further removed from gender than they than theirs. And being birds, while we do have um, our own gender expression, we don't inherently have this isn't a gender. Real. Is this, this is real. This is this and not is a person in the way that, that like we're just not earnest. binary. It's that like our species as like an avian human hybrid does not inherently have any kind of gender at all so you use them just like singular pronouns like he him or she her uh spelling and pronunciation wise it's like they them theirs without the th at the beginning yeah so the best that's it's um this is somebody that doesn't have any a perfectly fine looking woman or whatever they if they're i'll even i'll i'll take the walk with you to non-binary I'll, I'll hold your hand. I'll do whatever in. you want. Yeah. I mean, but I, but I'm, but it doesn't mean I have to look at it and be like, that's not crazy. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a complete outgrowth of just madness, you know, just absolute people, just absolutely bored. Play the piano, write a story, take up martial arts, lift take, weights. Yeah. Do all of the above walk, do all the things. Mm-hmm. And, but instead you choose just to jump in on, on this madness. And that's what it is. These are people who, just there's a lot of what it is is people that there's nothing particularly special about, which I'm one of those. But that's not you know what I mean. Like, I, you know, I'm fairly average at everything. <laughs> we all are, <laughs> but we, we all have something that that we like to do that we do well. But this is a way to for this person to set themselves apart from everyone else and get uh, hearts on social media that don't mean anything in the real world. No, they don't. I mean, that's another thing we're creating false celebrities. People think they're famous and they're not. Like. Like I, I, without you know being too crass, or whatever, the boob celebrities, you know, you have all these girls on like Instagram and stuff, and they're just the boobs and the butts. Yes, I love them. I, me too. But at the same time, I'm like, you're beautiful and everything, but you know, I don't know. You can do what you want to do, and if it makes you happy, I'm I'm, I'm happy for you. But you're not famous, and those guys are just you know, and you're also setting yourself up for probably some lunatics. So. Um, I don't know, man. I think that we need, uh, as a species and as our as a culture, to uh, this is one you're gonna like. All gender identities are valid, including those that change over time. Oh. All gender identities are valid, including those that change over time. Are they though? Are they? Okay, this is a person criticizing. Okay. Any pronouns? Um, I'm also cool with any terms of endearment. Angel. This is a perfectly good-looking woman. uh, Prince, king, all of that. Great. Prince is my favorite. Okay, Prince. I am feminine, right? And my life has been shaped by the fact that I present and am perceived as a woman. But gender is not a big part of my identity. Um, not to get too weird, but honestly, I don't really identify as human. I'm not. I, you can literally see it. Yeah, I can't do it, man. I know it makes me feel bad. I'm, it makes me feel really bad. It makes me feel sad for. I'm not. I don't even make fun of these people. I don't need. I, like, I, I, no, we used to. We used to mean, really give them right, but it's mean. It's mean to make fun of them because they're being raised in a culture that. I believe that a culture should permit everything that somebody wants to do, but I, but our culture has fallen apart to such a degree. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, abortion or any of that fucking crap that people argue about. I'm talking about just having a society that is got, you know, good carrots and sticks. 
you know, you should be rewarded for some things, punished for some things, you know, but I, it's, it's almost impossible to articulate because it's collapsed to such a degree that I don't have a word for it. You know, there's, um, there's something to be said for bullying a little bit. Yeah, we've had that before. Like I, I, I tried to go down that rabbit hole and got, and offended someone I didn't mean to, and said this is a positive bullying story. Yeah, you know where you, uh, the the kid gets picked on, and the kid picks up martial arts and ends up being a, you know, finding their purpose in life by being in opposition to people bullying them, and then the people who bullied them are almost invariably turn out to be just jagoffs. You know, don't get me wrong, man. I bullied because I was bullied. You know what I mean? I was bullied in lots of ways. And I and I actually didn't realize that until years later. And I but I, it wasn't a constant thing. It was just a thing I did that I almost had no control over. You know, I I'm take responsibility for my actions, but I didn't know why I was doing those things. Yeah. Because I felt bad about them, but I kept doing them. But anyway, um but the people that bullied me, you know, almost all of them that I can think of are jag-off people now. I mean, they're just you know, they're cruel they're stupid you know it's just it's it's really i actually kind of feel bad for them but um you're gonna like this one some ways that my friends and i meow to one another to communicate when words just seem a little too difficult it's hard to parody here we go okay so first off we have the normal meow that we just use perfectly cute each other's attention she looks like robin yeah a little bit okay then we have the dissatisfied meow Then the angry meow, but we only use this one on rare occasions because overall we're a very happy kid and family. Meow. Then the happy or content meow. Meow. Okay, this then one painful, of the most man. important ones for our kid and family is that yeah. I want to go talk. Whatever happened to just being gay? It took me a really long you know? time to master this. I don't think that's, but I don't think, I don't think sexuality has anything to do with this. I think it's more um, that. People don't want to be defined because they, being defined is bad. So they feel like even if they're defined by, I don't, dude, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's causing it. Well, what's causing it is you get internet brownie points that don't mean anything. And you could possibly so get So those carrots them. and sticks are being used. Those carrots and sticks are being oh, yeah. used. And it's a, uh, it's a social contagion. People are impressionable people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think if I was this age this person's age going no. through this time, I don't think I would have been like, yeah, I'm going to be a cat. Yeah. Just make up a bunch of stuff and go mm-hmm. online. Um, but uh, people are very impressionable and a lot of people are just dumb. That's and, true. And they like to follow trends. The trend right now is all this crazy weird gender shit on TikTok. Meanwhile, China's TikTok, they have, uh, you get boosted in the uh, rankings for like engineering, math, athletic, athletic uh, achievement, shit like terrifying. that. And they have our, our algorithm set to stupid shit like this. So this is their effort to destroy our society. Yes. Well, I got to say, China doing good on thing you. Up job. <laughs> There's a uh, China. That's their. Um, that's all. They, they, they participate in psychological warfare. Yeah. And they're very good at it. Yeah. Um, Russia's doing the same thing. There's a, mm-hmm. a video I saw on YouTube from like 1984 where they where they describe I've everything that. that's happening right I've now. I've seen that. There was a guy who was a CIA, CIA guy, and he's describing. Right. He was wasn't he, he bald? Had glasses? He bald and had glasses, but he was a Russian. 
He yes. was he was a whatever their thing is. Uh, the KGB. Yeah, he was a KGB guy. Talked about how the the you don't take over a country in a short amount of time. You play the long game. You divide the people. You plant stories. You and that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. This is all kayfabe. Everything is wrestling. Yeah. It really is. Well, I mean, I'm I'm terrified about the world my daughter is being bequeathed. You know, it's like, that's why I try to prepare her for things. You know, like, you know, she's 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 a good, she's one of the good ones. She's a good kid. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> you sound like my dad talking about my black friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just meant one, one of the good people. You yeah. know, she's, she doesn't. She's not impressionable. She's not. I mean, she's. She doesn't participate in outrage mobs. No, she's she's tolerant. Very. I mean, tolerant is not even a word for for how how she is. She's loving. She loves everybody, embraces everybody, lets them be what they want to be. But that doesn't mean that she has to entertain all those notions. Yeah, that's so. kind of how I feel like. Do your thing, but I don't think I should have to participate in your mental. And illness. I don't think. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, and I don't think that if I don't congratulate you for it i don't think yeah. i should be i just make the fries dude i don't care you know what i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, as long as you're doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing like if, if we had somebody at work that was into all this i'd be like i do not care can you run a forklift right i need to teach you how to run a forklift if you cannot run a forklift right that's all that matters here your pixies dusts and all that stuff uh zazer bird gender all God. that stuff does not matter here I mean, I just can't believe that's real. Can you lift 50 pounds? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead on record and say it. Somebody like that can't lift 50 pounds. Um, yeah, this this libs of TikTok is a Twitter account, and they kind of go overboard with stuff. Like, they share things from TikTok. They kind of go overboard with stuff and, like, try to get people fired from their jobs, which some of them, they do deserve it because they're promoting um, – I guess what you would call pedophilia. Yes, the, we've discussed that. How yeah. how they that shit is getting sneak snuck in there. Hmm. Okay. See, so here's one of the little kid. So, what does being non-binary mean to you? This is being taught to this kid. Dude, I can't watch that. I can't watch that. That's He's looking to his mom. That's, to child abu- that's child abuse. Yeah. And there's a lot of this happening because the parents still want to be cool with all the cool stuff that's happening now. Yeah. And it's not like wide, like that bad. Like everybody's not doing it, but there's enough to where we're going to notice. Right. Enough to where we're going to notice like when new guy at work and uh, you don't participate in his thing and, or their thing, I guess. I don't know. Airs thing. Z's thing. And they and they throw a hissy fit, and then they're going to come to a rude awakening that the people in the office that sign the checks don't give a fuck either. Right. You know? It's going to be really bad. Yeah. It sucks. Lift some weights. Pick up something heavy. Get dirty. That's, that's, Scrape your neck. As we've discussed, though, that's becoming a bad thing now, too, that the, 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 the fitness culture is becoming very negative as well because you have people uh, – creating this body image and, and being adversarial and telling people they suck, you know, like it, it's, they let the excuses begin. You know what I mean? It's like for all of them, the CrossFit people, the, the, the bodybuilding people, all that stuff, all the people on drugs and they, they 
talk shit to people who don't who don't look like them and don't achieve those things who don't take drugs you know what i mean it's yeah. like it's like you're you're great. You're doing great, but you don't need to talk shit to regular people yeah. who aren't willing to go that route. You know, I know I talk about that a lot because it's a pet peeve with me. I just, I, I think it's, and that's another bad area where culture is going where, you, you know, it's all this, you know, and I can't even imagine what that's doing to, to people's genetics and stuff like that. I mean, although all those drugs have got to be doing something bad, you know, I mean, you can't keep, the steroids and stuff. Yes, you, you can't keep throwing that shit in the pool and think that nothing's going to happen. You, you know? know. Yeah, the steroids, the HGH, the fucking you know all that shit. Don't get me wrong, man. A little bit of it's fine. You know, it, it's it's especially if you've got a disorder or something like that, or even if you want to achieve a little bit, that's fine. I don't care. I but, saw one of those. I'm not going to look forward to find it, but I saw one of those TikToks where a person was proposing that all children after they are born, they put them on puberty blockers until they're old enough to decide what. Gender that can't are. is that real? That's something that someone was proposing. It wasn't anybody that has any control over anything, thank God. But there's a there's at least a few people that think that way. That's that's completely insane. It is utterly repugnant. Is that the right word? Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I I don't even think I don't know if repugnant is a big enough. Yeah, word it might not to, be big enough to com, uh, to describe it. I think it would be more like. For one thing, it's catastrophic. Yeah, you know that because it's going to ruin the entire world. If if it catches on, it, I don't think it will. It it's going to go away soon. I think. Um, in the next few years, let's just say that I, I think that one thing that would happen is that there are always um, things that happen that, that are snapbacks to to things. I think that uh, we were are going to have eventually, in some sense, a, a Butlerian jihad where people will mm-hmm. will start. I don't want devices. I don't need them, you know, all kinds of stuff. I want to live a life. And that's the way things go a lot of the time. You know, it's, I'm hoping that will happen. I'm hoping that, but as I've said before, I think that humanity is now evolving into different, it's going to be different species. You're going to have mainline humans who just live like humans do. You're going to have techno humans Mm -hmm. who just ever get ever more tied into technology and become that. And then you're going to have barbarians. I think I'd like to be um, numbered among the ranks. I would like to be a barbarian. <laughs> it would be pretty great. I yeah, mean, a, a kind barbarian. I'm not going to hurt anybody. Well, no, but, but, hurt I, but I mean, living. I mean, I've had this argument with people before, and I think that that people in the Stone Age and stuff like that, even though th- their lives were brutal, that they were healthier. I think they were probably happier. I think that you know. Um, don't get me wrong. There are periods in 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 uh, prehistory, especially when. Um, well, and this is a nice segue into that book that I got over there. Uh, although human beings were not anywhere near uh, being evolved at that point. Yeah, we were still monkeys at that point. I, I don't even know if there were mammals yet. Uh, even if there were, they were just like little mouse type. The things. name of this book is Oceans of Kansas: A Natural History of the Western Interior Sea. A lot of people don't know that all this used to be covered by water. Well, not this part. It was from uh, the Gulf of Mexico up to the Arctic Circle, and then over to I think almost Nova Scotia. And it's uh, it was a shallow inland sea, and it had these. Yeah, that, there's a map right there. It's actually quite. Uh, yep. And it's across the Great Plains. The Appalachians, by the way, still there. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. The oldest mountain range in the world. Yeah, this is crazy. Is it the oldest mountain range in the world? It's one of the older ones. Yes, and it, it extends around the Earth. By the way, yeah, it's, it's the spine of you know. Well, yeah, if you look, uh, 
whenever they put all the continents together when mm-hmm. it was Pangea, you can see the Appalachians going up through Scotland right. and England and all I mean, in Ireland and hey. <laughs> yeah, that's, we're that. <laughs> no wonder they came here. <laughs> like, huh, this just looks like me home. <laughs> Bad impression. <laughs> no, but it's, it's but it's very accurate. Um there uh like there was uh and it's just this the the monsters essentially that lived in this fucking yeah from everything shit. I've I mean, seen in this book yeah. everything 50, was monsters yeah, right. fifty species of shark that's what I was watching a documentary on it and they said you know usually you have a couple top tier predators that you know but they said they had so many so it was just like this battle between them all the time you know um what do you got I'm gonna write down everything was monsters because I like it as a title oh that's that is cool um. You know, it, it's a fascinating uh, point. I, I got the book because it's it's interesting to me, but I'm also trying to create my fantasy world that's based on uh, the Americas. So I thought a cool idea would be have a, a giant inland sea that's freshwater, which is the coolest, uh, and have freshwater sharks, you know, sea monsters, stuff like that. And that way people have to deal with them. You know what I mean? Like they, that's where they get their water. And um, have Neanderthals, you know, still living and, and, uh, you know the the other humans will call them the strong people or something like that because they're or the fierce people. Um, you know, I, I, this it's going to be a real primordial landscape. This Western continent I'm trying to create with. I've already created the East with the Japanese the Jap, Japan type place and um, uh, you know it's based on the Hawaiian Islands and the Maori mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I've already created that. You know, which is I thought I did a pretty good job with that. Um, and then I created almost a European type place where that was like, uh, you know, British Isles type with Vikings and stuff like that. Um, it's just going to be an Africa type place, of course. But, um, the, my, my baby, the thing I really wanted to create and write stories in was this awful monstrous place where, you know, you're going to have the inland sea with all those monsters, but then you're going to have the, the animals that live on land. You have giant sloths, mammoths. You know, all species of giant tiger and hyena and shit like that. And these people got to live there, you know, and they got to deal with those things. Um, and then, and then you would have a, obviously a Aztec type place that, uh, but, um, it, it, but it's also just interesting. I mean, I, I will pick a subject and I want to learn about, and this is something I wanted to learn about. And, um, I had no clue about it until very recently. So I bought the book. The book you know, on Amazon was going for like, Fifty seventy five dollars. I got it on um, thrift books for twenty, but I had to wait. Oh yeah, yeah. I had to. They, um, they said we get three of these in like every two years or some shit. So they had one left, and I snapped it up for like twenty dollars. So. Hell yeah, that is wild. Yep, the bony fish that looks like a coelacanth, which it very might well be, because coelacanth are fucking ancient. They've been uh, swimming the oceans since before man was ever man. Um, I just think it's um, it very look, it looks very academic. I didn't think it would be that academic. I thought there would be more pictures, but that's okay. Yeah, it looks Let's, a little bit more like a textbook. Yeah, it's not uh, all textbook. Can't wait to get into it. I bought a, a few books, uh, uh, educational books. I bought a book about the Aztecs. I'm reading. Um, a book about samurai. I'm going to, you know, I just, I just love learning about things and potentially creating something out of it. I just like learning, but um, that was a lot of fun. But uh, the what I was going to say about um, man, uh, what were we, what were we talking about to go there? Oh, God. 
uh, first we were doing like the crazy people on TikTok, right. and all that stuff. Well, uh, the world, like the world, basically like barbarians, you know, stuff like that. Yes, man. Oh, what I what I was saying is, is that man is going to branch off into these different species, yeah. and that I think I would rather be counted among something that was lived almost like a, a Stone Age lifestyle, you know. And I was saying that I w- I bet even though they lived in some pretty perilous times where they were not the top of the food chain, man was not top of the food chain for a long time. Um, that their lives were probably pretty great, like they you know they had probably had a lot of joy because joy and tragedy go hand in hand. You know, mm-hmm. the more tragedy you have when joy comes, it is much more intense. That's what the thing with Station Eleven told us. Those people's lives, it was hard for the pre-pans, the pre-pandemic people, because they lived in a world like ours where everything is meh. You know, yeah. They like one of the best quotes ever is uh, Lisa Simp. It's the Simpsons. She's like, uh, "Dad, we're part of the Prozac generation. We experience neither highs nor lows. Well, how is that, man?" You know, yeah. It's like that's what people's lives are like. And it's awful. And I think that if we did have a massive collapse, that yes, it would be terrible. It would be awful in so many ways. But the reorganization of things where people learn how to be people again would be great. Like we would really find joy in it. And be and some of us would be glad. Some people couldn't adapt, and they'd be like, "I can't. This world is terrible. I don't have air conditioning. I don't have this air conditioning. Is something I would miss." But yeah, find a cave. <laughs> I, I would, yeah, I would adapt, but I'd be like, "Man, AC is fucking great." Yeah, they got one, that one yeah, right. Yeah, they sure did. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best things they got right. Um, but they should have stopped there. <laughs> AC and uh, polyester. No movies um, and music. Stop there. I just, I think that you know those people's lives just seemed like so much fun. Like they, they had so much, they had, they got to go around to places and have fun and play music and well, they didn't have to go to jobs. You their know, entire just, lives were what people do as hobbies now, hunting right. and fishing and exactly. gathering food. Yep. And you know, then you had Lori Petty's character who was a composer Yeah, and she was a great character. I thought yeah. she did very she was well awesome. on that show. I can't wait to go home and watch it again. I'm going to watch it tonight. I love her, her accent. I don't know where it's she's It's very from. strange. She almost know. sounds like a black girl, but also yes. she could be Southern. And Let's she, see where this bitch is from because she always talks the same. And she was always like in in Point Break. She was smoking hot. Tank Girl. She was pretty hot. Yeah, I didn't like Tank Girl. I didn't think it was a good movie. Let's see where Lori Petty's from. I'm going to say Missouri. L A U R I E Petty. American actress. She's from America. We got that. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Kind of a tall gal. Five eight. Really? Yeah. She always just seemed so small. A league of their own, she was very hot. Yes. Mm. She had like some sort of cancer, didn't she? No, she has an autoimmune disease, and she oh. still has it. I mean, she, it causes baldness. It causes um, causes lots of things. Um, She's a real good actress. She, uh, Yeah, I thought, and I thought Station Eleven, I thought everybody... Um, I, can't, I don't even know the girl's name who played Kirsten. Oh, she's she, great. She's amazing. She's in Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. She plays one of the robots. Um, very pretty. Not my, not in my wheelhouse at all. Lanky but, for your taste. Yes. Um, her name is Mackenzie Davis. That's right. It's a great name for her. She's, and she's, she's in the, um, 
the really uplifting episode of Black Mirror. Oh, is she? Yeah. I wonder, is she a Brit? No, she's American. British Columbia. So oh, she's Canadian. Kinda. <laughs> she's Canadian. Um, I, th- I thought the younger, the play- girl who played young Kirsten did a great job, too. Oh, yeah. And Jeevan, he's a Brit, by the way. Um, he was, man, that guy, that guy killed it. I mean, he was. He's great in that there's a movie called Yesterday where mm-hmm. everybody forgets about the Beatles except for him. Fuck yes. I wanted to see that movie. Yeah. It, did he plays the main character? Yes. Oh, great, dude. I got to see that. I'm a big fan of his now. I wonder where you can find that movie at. Just the trailer. I saw the trailer. I was like, that looks like a lot of fun. It's a cool, it's yeah. a cool idea. But then there's also one where it's Bruce Springsteen. Like this, this yes. Indian kid likes Bruce Springsteen. And yeah. What was that one called? I can't remember. His name is Himesh Patel. Patel. That's, you know. See, you can watch it on FX now. If you have that app, hmm. probably on a, on a Hulu. I yeah. would imagine. It's got Lily James. Who. I've been watching Pam and Tommy. She plays, she plays Pam. Really? Yeah. I thought that was. I was, I was thinking of somebody else. And they made her look like Pam Anderson. Man. And did they fucking nail it? Really? Yeah. And I guess they gave her some fake tits or something to mm-hmm. like, as like a prop or right, something. Right. I don't know how they did it, but it yeah. looked just like Pam's tits as I remember them. <laughs> I thought she looked so much better before all that crap. Oh she yeah. Just, when she was the tool girl. Yes. That was actually. Ooh. It might have been before midway the through. Like she, uh, uh, I don't know. She she looked. She's Canadian. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, Pam Anderson just was always an enigma to me. She seemed like a perfectly nice person. Oh yeah, that but, show Pam and Tommy shows what an absolute fucking sweetheart she is, and she's very. Uh, at least according to the show, very uh, philanthropic. Philanthropic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. She's like a feminist, but she's not crazy. Right. Um, she said her hero was Jane Fonda in it somewhere. And also- A certain generation also, of Americans wouldn't like that. Also, she's a good actress. It's just she's so distracting because she's so freaking she, ridiculously Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen her and stuff, and she always- They tried to give her different vehicles. They had one where she worked in a bookstore. It's called Stacked. That was okay. I, was, I mean, I didn't see it, but I mean, I, I'm, I was like, guys, can we get her something? Look at her she, on Tool Time, man. Yeah, she was beautiful. That is insane. I guess the the story as it goes on her her uh, um, what do you want to call it origin? She was at a hockey game and like they did a crowd cam where they came around and, mm. and she was on the crowd cam and she just waved and like the Labatt representative came up and offered her a modeling contract. <laughs> it's like it's like the, uh, the that privilege, you know. I, I'm I'm I done, I'm saying that in the Oh, yeah, hot Sarcastic person privilege. Way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like uh, Tommy Laren when she talks about, you know, she talks about people being privileged. I was just like, you walked into a fucking news studio. Oh, my God. <laughs> but Tommy Laren's origin is she walked into a news studio to get a, a, a secretary job, and they gave her her own TV show. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you definitely know what it's like to struggle, don't you? Let me show you. This is uh, that Lily James as Pam. Man, they really did nail it. it. Yeah. He looks a lot like her. Pam has a strong jaw. She always did. Very. That show, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth Rogen's very good, and he plays the guy that stole the tape. It's very funny. <laughs> but there's a few things they didn't nail. 
it's they nailed the wardrobe on all the main characters and the hair on all the main characters, yeah. but it's the extras that you can tell that they didn't really put as much time and really? effort into. Then it are, are the other like mem- are the other members of Motley Crue in it? Yeah, yeah it okay. looks just like them. They're they're barely in it, but yeah. they're in it. Yeah, Sebastian uh, Stan was great as Tommy Lee. Of course, he's great in everything. Even just the way he talked, he just nailed the way he talks and everything. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was trying to do it, try to remember what he sounded like. It's just <laughs> and so. he seems like an absolute sweetheart. Absolutely. I, I've said a bit this of before. an idiot. Yeah. Um, um more of a I don't think he's dumb. I just think he's he's impulsive. Yes, he is that. And he is also um naive. He's a very naive. Yeah, know, he didn't understand, at least according to the show, didn't understand what the big deal was about the tape getting out. Right. She said for you. Yeah, it's not a big deal for me. It makes me look like a whore. Makes me look like a whore. Right. All this stuff. Everybody's going to be high fiving you, Tommy. Right. You're with your giant cock and is it? Did she say that? Uh, it was implied, I right, imagine. Right. But like, yeah, nobody thought anything less of Tommy Lee. And he's like that. Everybody's like that dude rules. Right. Right. Everybody already liked him, and then this. Yeah, and it's like I've always said before. I've said it a thousand times, but in this circumstance, bears repeating. All the guys from Motley Crew are awesome dudes. Like they seem like the coolest fucking. They guys seem like ever. so much. Fun. I just hate their fucking music. <laughs> I don't love it. <laughs> well, I mean, there's some. It's the thing. It would be. I, w- I would hate to like run into them and be like, "You guys are great," and talk to them and strike them friendship. Well, what's up. your favorite album? <laughs> um, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I don't like your guys' music. Let's at not all. talk. I about like that. one song. Kickstart my heart. That's it. Yeah, we got. Girls, 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 kickstart. Um, Dr. Feelgood, Home Sweet Home. That's a good song. Shout out to the devil. Yeah. Um, they have a. Oh, there's a. I was like, do they have something new right now? No. They're on tour. Yeah, they're out touring right now. They put out something in 2008. I guess an album. Oh, six. Um, they got in trouble for they got they got in a fight with this with the crowd or something and uh, it was Nikki Six or one of them has dropped the end bomb oh, on stage. It was uh, yeah, it was pretty rough. Fortieth anniversary of uh, Doctor Feelgood. When did the original? Forty years ago. It just says fortieth. I don't remember when. What Dr. the Feelgood fuck? Came out. Shout at the devil was nineteen eighty three. I'm guessing that's an album. It is. Shout Out the Devil was her first album. Okay. Or it, that's, might, or it might have been Too Fast for Love. That's uh, what the 40th anniversary is. It's Shout Out the Devil. Yeah, Shout Out the Devil. And uh, I'm guessing Dr. Feelgood is on there somewhere. Maybe not. No, Dr. Feelgood was on its own, own album. It's self-titled. I mean, it was the title of the album. And then there was Dr. Feelgood, the song. Too Fast for Love. Was that their first album? Yes, Too Fast for Love was their first album. It's amazing how much I know about them. And I don't like their music. <laughs> I mean... I remember everybody loved the crew. That's one of the reasons I don't like him is that my like, crew fans were really fucking obnoxious. And Let's hear uh, their version of Helter Skelter. <laughs> Ambitious to put this on your debut album. Kind of a cool choice, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Vince Neil, the way he sings, it's so fucking... Uh. Ugh. Isn't it just? Ugh. I don't love it. It's bad. It's so bad, I don't love dude. It. That's the reason I couldn't stand him. The way he fucking sings, it's just. Uh, 
Um, I didn't think the hair metal stuff was this early in the eighties. I thought it came sure. around like eighty six. Well, no, you got you got to figure the way it's a, it was an outgrowth. I've been saying that a lot lately. I uh, pick a word sometimes. I go with it, but it yeah. is it is an outgrowth of like the glam scene yeah. from the seventies, where you had uh, the New York Dolls, you had you know stuff like that, David Bowie, mm-hmm. and they just kind of combined all that, and everybody looked like women. Exactly. I have to pee really bad. I'll be right back. I'll gotcha. Pause this. That's better. Um, Pam was up for the uh, role of uh, the one that. Uh, God damn it! I don't forgot the lady's name. L.A. Confidential. Uh, oh, she bass was up, singer. She really? was up for that role. Yeah, I don't think she would have been great in that role. No, she wouldn't have. Like I said, she's too distracting. Well, <laughs> it's not that, but I mean, she doesn't have what's known as gravitas. She doesn't have yeah. that. I mean, Kim Basinger has that in fucking spades. I mean, she's she's a great actress, man. I mean, you can say what you want about her, and she was young. Kim Basinger was. I mean, she's oh god, she's like almost like young Jennifer Conley. I mean, but not anything close to Jennifer Conley. Um, yeah, Jennifer Conley. Oh um, god, mm-hmm. it's fucking crazy. Like that. Amen, that fucking video. That I was obsessed with for a month. That's distracting. Uh, it is like dark hair with blue eyes, right? And and, and, and giant thick eyebrows, giant tits, those thick uh, Turkish eyebrows. Oh yeah, it's oh dude. And that kind of it's not a vacant expression, but it's almost uh, almost credulous. Like you, you, you just she's she. I don't know. It's a very ingenue type thing you know the way she looks like in, in the video where she's just like looking at him and she's just like you know it's like oh my god <laughs> um for the further you don't know we had a video as us it, this the song was a space age love song by um Flux eagles it's a great song by the way and i was not aware of it and it uh it just has clips of young jennifer Connolly in this shit movie it was a shit movie called career opportunities but man I mean, she was she fucking lit it up. She lit that screen up. Would you like to see an elementary school teacher uh, that hints to her students that she's queer so they can confide in her? I don't. I didn't think so. I don't so. know if there's anything wrong with that. Is there? I have no idea. I mean, I don't think that I, I haven't. Th- I haven't heard what she's saying yet. So I don't think that gay teachers should have to hide who they are. That's that's a, that's one no, thing I, I don't agree with. Like I, I'm I'm definitely down with people being who they are, but I do think that exposing children to these things at an age where it isn't even you should think about fucking you who and coloring and shit at that age. Sexuality should not enter into it at all, not in any way, shape, or form. It's not a thing. That video you showed me with the transvestite or whatever with that little girl broke my fucking heart. I cried. I went home and cried about Which it. Which video was that? She's holding her hand and she's like dancing and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I can't. Yeah. I, it really it broke my heart because that little girl looks like she's so lost. She like this thing is not. But she's smiling at the same time and she doesn't. Dude, I can't do it. It really, it really bothers me. It bugs me a lot. Let's do favorite things. I know we've okay. been doing favorite things for the entire episode, but we're going to do the official favorite things now. Okay. We're even going to play the goddamn theme song. Hold on a goddamn second. <laughs> you were intercutting fucking Motley Crue with the fucking song. Hmm. There we go. Nothing. 
everything is episode 388 uh as i said before um uh, station 11 i've gone back down to station 11 rabbit hole i watched the don't you want them to make more i don't um i, I kind of th- do but i, like I kind of do yes i know what you mean but i that's one thing I would like to be a trend, a new trend too. Go back to telling one story. Yeah, tell that story, and that's it. Now, Stranger Things, of course, is 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 tell as many as you want. <laughs> yeah, as long as the same guys are doing it, right? And you know, and they're finishing up at five, and they're telling a story, and that's it. Yeah. You know? Well, they I, they made season one to where they didn't need to go on. It it's just because they didn't know if they were going to get a second season. Right. So that's why they made it that way. It was a perfect beginning to end, had a beginning, mm-hmm. had a middle, had a definitive end. Right. And then they got picked up. So like, oh, okay, so we get to do more. Luckily, we had this planned out. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I love them, and I think that some stories can be told, but it's not keep telling it after the story is told. Tell the story, and even if it stretches for a long time, that's the story is meant to be told, if that, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like The Walking Dead. Brother, you guys wore out your fucking welcome. I mean, it was yeah, just like should have went five at at most. I think it should have gone three, possibly. Um, yeah, and um, after Bernthal's character died, it kind of went downhill, which is at the end of season one. I think. Yeah, I would have to rewatch it again. I really liked it to begin with. I love zombie stuff. Um, See, you find out that the real monsters are the are the humans. Well, that's a line from Stage Eleven to the monsters. We are the monsters. Yes, that's a great fucking line. Um, it's the name of one of the songs on the uh, score. Speaking of walking of the Walking Dead, the guy who directed that is a guy named Frank Darabont, who mm-hmm. directed amongst other things the Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile, and another favorite thing that I, that is on Netflix now, and I'm so glad it is because I've been looking. The Mist. Have you oh, seen yeah. The Mist? Yeah, that's the Tom Jane. Yes, you yes. told me about that. That's fucking awesome. Do you love it? Um, I love horror movies. Horror movies calm me down. I don't know what that says about me. Um, I can put on a horror movie and go to sleep. It's really weird. Um, but it's 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 one of those. I love that movie. Um, it's a Stephen King story, of course. Um, it has a horrible ending. I mean, not that the ending's horrible. It's great. But the ending is really, like, bleak. Um, thought everybody get a, get a, did a good job. Um Stephen King in general is my is favorite this week because I started reading uh, as I got my copy of the Regulators today as I was saying the Mount uh, Up as the <laughs> the the bookend books uh, Desperation and um, the Regulators and um, on the the cover of the Dust Jacket of Desperation you flip it over and it has a um, like there's a picket fence. And you look through the picket fence, and you can see the cover of the regulators. Then on the on the regulators, you flip it over, and it's got a bullet hole in the back of it, and, and another fence, and you can see through that into desperation. Hmm. It's so fucking awesome. Like I said, the, the, it shares characters. The characters are the the same people, and but they are in two different dimensions, telling two different stories. It was a gimmick, but I don't give a fuck. He he he, he took it and did great job with it. I, I love the love the books. Um, I'm going to go back down. I, I read The Talisman. I'm doing uh, Desperation and uh, The Regulator, which are both Dark Tower connected. And I thought I would go and just go through, start knocking out The Dark Tower, buying books about The Dark Tower and reading those. It, The Stand, Salem's Lot is referenced in The Dark Tower. There are characters from Salem's Lot in The Dark Tower. I've never read it. 
Oh, no, that's true. That's not true. I, I, I read Salem's not long, long ago. I, I just didn't remember it because it was on my fucking phone. I hate that. Um, for me, I remember a book when I read it, mm-hmm. when I have the book in my hand. And then I it's finished. And it's almost like I devoured it and took took his knowledge and put it in my head. And then I can put it on the shelf and re-reference it if I want to. Um, I got uh, the Inland Sea book. That's great. Uh Got a kilo kratom today. <laughs> Another great thing. Um, you know, uh, Mark Bell and Chris, the weightlifter guys that make all the cool documentaries, they have their own brand of kratom. Really? Yeah. I like to check it out. I forget what it's called. That one company I got. They made a documentary about kratom. Yeah, the Chris Leaf, A Leaf of Promise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but uh, apparently it's really good. Um, I There was a company that I, that I bought from called New Dawn. Which at first I thought wasn't any good, but that's because it takes me a minute to adapt to another type of kratom, and once I do, it's it's it was it was good, far cheaper than Craybot, but I got Craybot's the goat. I got I got to stay with them. So um, my kratom usage has gone up. I'm not happy about that. I need to, yeah. I need to start working it back down again. Um, it's just so hard, you know. It becomes it's like coffee, you know. It becomes part of your daily routine. So um, mine went up, and I'm taking it back down again i it will never go as high as i had at that one time never yeah, i can't go as high as what i was doing right i was going through a kilo every three weeks i think yeah so last ki- the you're la- going through a kilo every three weeks yeah man that's a lot maybe a month but the last kilo i, b- I bought lasted me three months so yeah mine's, mine's gone down like i'm i didn't need to get this kilo i just wanted it you know just to have the I mean, that's the addict in me, you know, yeah. wanting to have it, but it's up in my cabinet and, I, and it makes me you know, happier knowing it's up there. Um, you know, I, I just like it. It helps me sleep and it helps with my pain. I just wish I could get that feeling back that I got yep. the first, first time I took it. Mark Bell also has something called a steak shake. Ooh. It uh, has all kinds of crazy protein in it. No fucking way. I wouldn't eat that. I wouldn't eat it's that. It's a shake. Apparently, it tastes pretty good. I have no idea. I would want to get uh, – there was an old uh, supplement that I used to love taking. I think it actually got taken off the market because it had um, – <laughs> turned out low-grade steroids in it. <laughs> it's called Hot Stuff XL. It was good, man, but it was fucking horrid. Like, it had so many herbs and shit in it, and you mixed it with – and it would float like it didn't want to mix, so you had to choke it. Oh, it's awful, but yeah. it worked like a motherfucker. Um, Jim's going real good. Like uh, – uh, I figure within the next year and a half, two years, I'll be uh, benching four hundred pounds. Um, nice. Yeah, uh, it's it's a, it's slow going with my shoulder. I'm trying to. I'll be. I, I really think that I have have in me eventually a five hundred pound bent over row. I really think I could do that. Um, because um, my deadlift is like insane, like. It's just gone up so quickly. I mean, I, I wish I wish I'd done it when I was younger. Like I've said before, I, I could have been fucking and, and without steroids or anything, I could have been crazy strong. You know what I mean? And really, but I mean, what's past is past. But I'm just doing it now. By fifty, by fifty, I'd like to bench five hundred pounds and all that stuff. And just and once that's over, it's over. You know, it's just like okay, now we can just, you know lift and stay in shape and feel good, you know? Um, 
I've got five years. So, well, four and a half essentially now. So um, everything's on track. I feel pretty great about it. Um, who knew that uh, lifting much less often, even though I was told that a million times, w- would actually be turns out a lot so, of people knew so beneficial. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people really did know. It turns out that fifty sets of squats wasn't really a good thing. Yeah, that uh, was dumb. We all oh, dude. We used to do that all the time, and it felt good while you're doing it. You got a little bit of adrenaline. Yeah, but but we're just tearing stuff down. Yeah, like. I couldn't walk hardly. Right. And it wasn't because my muscles were sore. I was used to it. Our joints point. were fucked up. The joints were fucked. Mm-hmm. I mean, going up to like whatever we were doing, 450, which isn't mm-hmm. retarded amounts of weight, but doing the stupid sets we were doing was pretty dumb. Oh, yeah. And then we'd go back down to 225 and it felt like it weighed 20 pounds. I know. It felt like the, I could all the shit, press it. Yeah. All the shit we loaded on our back, it just wasn't heavy. Um, I like this workout. I've been sticking with the 531. I haven't changed my workout and now going on the eighth month. So let's say I cleared out this back room. How much money would I need to get a bench, 500 pounds of weight, maybe a squat rack and a couple bars? Grand. Hmm. I could contribute. We could go half season. Yeah. You can get a key to the house and you can come up here and work out. You know, that's, that's pretty doable. I just need to clear everything out. Which back room? This one. This one? Yeah. And then you we want to move everything up there. I want to make the living room the front room. That's good because you have more light. And then I have a, one of the bedrooms become the studio. Not really going to call it, but it is. It's eh, we're recording. Call it what it is. That's what yeah. it is. We can make this table smaller. I take the leaf out of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe get rid of this uh, thing that I built. I like this thing. It's part of the show. It is part of the show. <laughs> it weighs 100 pounds. I know. It's pretty great. Though. I, think, I think it was pretty ingenious. But it actually. served the purpose that I wanted. I yeah. drilled a hole in there to put the cables through. Yeah. Now, it all looks like shit now, but at the beginning. I remember when, I, when it first came up here, I was like, man, that thing's fucking cool. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, that sounds like a great, and you know, I don't know how long the gym's going to be open, so I'd like to get a different place. The only thing about it is, man, home sets. The thin steel bar is not enough. Like it's, you know, you get to a point. I wasn't even, when I, when I first started lifting weights, I moved back from the beach and you have the weights stacked to the end and the bars bend and all that stuff. It looks really impressive, but that's just because it's not up to doing powerlifting stuff. It's for yeah. people who just want to get in shape, you know, can't have that. Got to. That's kind of what I want to do. I don't want to go crazy. Well, like I said, I've got five, you know, I'm going on this five-year thing, and I'm doing it, and I'm only doing powerlifting. If you notice, I have done no bodybuilding. I haven't done any. I've just done that, and I'm sticking to that, and that's what I'm doing, you know, um, for good or ill. And once I'm done with that, it's done. You know, uh, my 50th birthday, I have a goal to do these massive weights, and then, and then from then on, it's just, you know, if my body can hold up till then, you know, hmm. squatting. Because I keep reading, like, you need to lift weights, even if you're not trying to compete or anything. Lifting weights strengthens your bones. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, they showed a, uh, I guess it would be an MRI of, like, a 90-year-old who was a triathlete. Mm -hmm. Like, his legs, like, say they're this big around, and there's only just a little bit of Oedipus tissue around Mm -hmm. it. And then it showed a 90-year-old that was sentient most of his life and his muscles are just barely bigger than his bone. Right. And the Oedipus tissue is all around it. And he was like a normal weight guy. Right. So it makes sense to uh, start lifting 
do start the yoga back up again. Sure. Doing all that stuff. And also continue to do all the other things I want to do. Uh, we're having Wait, fun. Well, I think it, what we've talked I can about just stop before. watching I, TV in the evening. I think <laughs> that if if I cut out, but the, the worst part about it is there's so much good TV that's almost as good as reading a book. You've got Ozark, you've got all the things we watch, Stranger Things, all those things. It's watching the crap that has to be cut out. Yeah. You know? I, I believe that watching a, a good TV show is just as good as watching a movie, and watching a movie is almost as good as reading a book. So, um, you know, we're in the, we're in a, no matter what anybody thinks, we're in the golden age of TV right now. I mean, it's it, so many good shows. So, I mean, there's a new one out that I haven't got to see yet that I think from everything I'm told, I think you'll like it. I'll pull up the trailer now. It's called The Bear. Yeah, it's about a cooking guy. Cooking. He's, it's about like a, just a restaurant. Yeah. I'll pull up the trailer. It's got this cool guy in it. 25 pounds? No, no, no. I ordered 200. Where is beef? I love you still the music. Is that in the 70s? No, I think it's now. Look at that brisket. Cut vegetables like a bitch. Not system. System, baby. System. System. This is your brother's house. I was running it fine without you. Why didn't he leave it to you then? Don't wipe your hands on your apron, chef. Jess. I refer to everybody as chef because it's a sign of respect. You could throw down, huh? So how do you go past the family tent? Delicious or impressive? Delicious is This impressive. is a line cook show. Yeah. yeah. Yo, family's up. I just never had platanos with, like, grass on it. <laughs> we want to change this restaurant. Oh, Wilco. Right? Is that who that is? Change the chemistry. Are you always, like, watching me? Because it's just sort of my job. We're in a chili flakes. Because it organizes, it's more confusing. Right there. Labeled chili flakes. This is a delicate ecosystem, and it's held together by a shared history and love. I have every intention of turning this into a respectable place of business. Eventually. Everybody. I'm trying the new sandwiches. Yo, this shit looks different. What do you think? It's redundant and white, just like you. <laughs> Twitter's raving about it. I'm sure. Um, it's a must-watch for anybody that's ever worked in a kitchen. That's what? what they're saying. Shit. So I hope it's as good as what they're saying, because I do like the main character. He's in um, uh, fuck, Shameless, hmm. which I don't know if the last season's good, but the first fucking 10 were pretty good. My daughter loved that show. I mean, she let it slip one time that she was watching it, and I was just like, yeah. don't tell your mother. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it is. <laughs> But I figured you might like that, so I oh, absolutely. I, and I've seen stuff about it before. I didn't realize it was so see what line the, cook based. See what the RT says about it. Hmm. I'm going to guess 97. The bear on tomatoes. I might start it this evening. Season one, it is 100% on the critics. Jesus. 92% on the audience. So that's. I'm guessing that's pretty good. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. By the way, a lot of people are saying th- uh, Thor sucks. Nah, a lot of people are saying that. Yeah, and then some people uh, like it, but they don't. Um, they don't care about the lore, and which I don't really either. I can probably watch that movie and enjoy it mm-hmm. because it's probably. I hear it's funny. Taika Waititi makes pretty funny movies. So. I just I don't want him to fail. Like I like all his stuff, and I don't want him to fail. Yeah, so. I want to watch it. Uh, I'm just not going to go to the theater and see no. it. I'll wait 
another month and a half and watch it on Disney. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Like I said, I've, I've moved beyond, um, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I started going back down another rabbit hole where, uh, invincible I started watching invincible shit again. God damn that fucking show. I sent you that picture of battle yes. versus Thrag. I can't wait for the, uh, season two, whenever that comes. I know dude. And it was such a come from out of nowhere. I saw the icon. I was like, I have no interest in watching that shit. Yeah. And then I saw something, and I was like, Which one of us was the first one to watch? Me. It? Okay, and mm-hmm. you told me about it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was awesome. Dude, I, I watched the first episode not expecting anything and getting what I expected, and then they threw that curveball, and there were Omni-Man the comes in end. and fucking kills everybody. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so they're like... Spoiler I, alert. And I, and I thought he was underneath somebody's control. He wasn't. He no, just, he's what just he's supposed a dickhead. To do. Yeah. Well, the Viltrumites are a, a race of fucking sociopaths. Conquerors. Yeah. Well, I mean, but they also have... He, he If you notice at the end, he was having feelings that was making him angry because he didn't know what to do with them. That's who, play, what, who plays his voice? J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, yeah. You know it's good if somebody like that is voicing it. Uh, fucking... Um, he doesn't have to. John Hamm is voicing a character in it. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I can't wait. But that that fucking I watched the fights, a lot of the fights over. I watched the fight where Battle Beast fought and just beat the dog shit out of I mean, I almost killed Invincible. Had that big mace, he fucking slams him with it, then he picks him up and he says, Killing you would be a mercy and throws him. And the best part about it is he hits him one time and the blood spout fountains up in the air and it gets on his mouth, and he's like and he licks it and it's like, <laughs> and Michael Dorn played the voice. I'm like, these people understand things, you know? It's yeah. like, the boys looks great too. So, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's, I, need, uh, I need to get into that. It is so fucking wild. Every, like, I can't even explain how crazy that show is. I, I, I hear somehow the, it works. I hear the fights look really good too. Like, yeah, the fights they're, look they're great. epic. I mean, like, that's what they'll copy, DC should have been. They'll copy, um, Scenes from Marvel, Marvel and DC stuff like movies, that, and then make them funny, right? Yeah, or not funny, make them even more brutal. You know what's? Oh, uh, one thing I haven't, uh, I haven't watched the show. I, I really need to. Apparently, it's not a bad show. Ms. Marvel apparently is good. Um, I haven't. Even the critics are saying it's a good show. You know, it's it's just that Marvel has so worn out its welcome. Um, something happened in the last episode. That's she what hear, discovered yeah. she's a mutant. Oh. And then they played some of the X Men '97 music, da, 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 da. like like a little bit of um, that bit of music, so that officially introduces the mutants and X Men into the fucking MCU. I mean, critics give it a '98. Yeah, audience it's good, dude. It's Apparently good. It's pretty good. I it's, mean, the audience—if it was that bad—the audience would review bomb it. Sure. And it's not it's not all crazy, I hate to say it. It's all all crazy wokish. It's just I think it does successfully works in different culture. I like that. Um Moon Knight, I believe that Marvel is striking out with their movies and killing it with their shows. And I think it's been that way for a while. Like um the Captain America show, the Falcon Winter Soldier, was tremendous. It was a good show. Um Moon Knight is a good show. I haven't even finished it. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the only one where they didn't give the hero a, a female sidekick that was way better than them at everything. I just like, <laughs> yes, and I like the fact that they went into such great Captain America lore where they had the Patriot. They had, you know, they, I like, and they, and they tackled social issues with a little bit of grace, grace and, and, and deafness, you know, the D E F T, you know, the, a little bit of that deaf touch that you have. Yeah. Um, I really, I feel it was great. I feel like Miss Marvel's a good show. 
I feel like Moon Knight's a good show. Um, I didn't. I didn't even thought about watching Miss Marvel. By that time, dude, tell you the truth, I was tuned out. I'm like, I, I can't do it. Uh, we've discussed this before. You guys like uh, Doctor Strange? I really don't know if I like it. I like uh, it as a movie, but like, as far as the uh, broader universe, right? Which I don't think I care about anymore. So if I they throw either. something at me that's that's good, I'll check it out. They're they're really what is happening is that they've got this. I went back and watched scenes from from Endgame the other day, and it's every bit as good as I remember. It's so fucking good. They've lost that. They've lost that edge because they, for one thing, we've talked about this, the green screen thing. That's what they're doing. Even though all of that was green screen, but still not all of it. I mean, it was a lot of it was, you know, that final fight that was all green screen. Sure it was, but that was actually, uh, it was done in, in such a, uh, no, a lot of the terrain was like terrain. They might have built some terrain. That's what I'm. Th- that's what I'm saying. You know, it seems like that with some of the movies, Spider Man being the exception, it is green screen. It is still a great movie. Yeah, Spider Man, uh, No Way Home is a great movie, man. I, I mean, I really love that movie. Um, don't like it as much as the other two. I, I really don't. Yeah, I, th- I think the first two. That being said, there are parts of Spider Man three that I like better than the other two movies. But overall, I think I, I love the two Spider Man coming in. It was great. I mean, it was just, it's beautiful. Um, especially Toby Maguire stopping him from killing the Green Goblin. That was great. He should have let him do it. I know. Um, I, I, I believe that um, Marvel's going to suffer for a while until the X-Men are introduced. And I think that it's going to give them a shot in the arm and they're going to recover. I believe that once they introduce Deadpool, it'll, it'll really recover. I just, I just hope they actually go back to everything seems like it's produced on an assembly line. Yes. Like, there's a video clip of Taika Waititi and uh, the woman, Valkyrie, whoever that woman is. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson, yeah. And they're, like, looking at a scene, and they're making fun of how bad the CGI is in it. And it's like, that's your movie. You did that. Oh, shit. And there's, it's awful. Yeah. There's, like, all these VFX artists. They're like, thanks, man. You gave us this this amount of time to get it done you didn't get the prints turned in until way late and then we did what we could with it and now you're fucking shitting on us on a i'll try to find the clip. i don't want to watch that i think it'll depress me mm. one thing i am uh taika waititi that i am looking forward to is uh reservation dogs oh yeah have you seen the trailer for it not yet the, the new season nope okay there is does that look real in that particular shot, no, actually. <laughs> it, it doesn't really, right? When you look close. You need to be more blue. Well, well you know, no. does he look real? No, none of does us. She, look, she, she something looks, looks very off about this. But no, 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 he changes hues, don't you think? Yeah. Put in the light. Sometimes he's blue, sometimes he's a little grayish. The atmosphere there has a dark dislike. It's bad at all. It's to tread. It's unmistakable. Okay, this is one little funny thing that happens in this see this shot like a, uh, it's because it used to be when he would wake up that was my reaction but you just left I think those two are dating randomly. they're dating I kind yeah. of don't mind it I thought she was gay her character is Valkyrie's gay Dog season two trailer. Let's look that fucker up. It's gonna be great, dude. I think it's FX is like they're just like HBO and shit now. They can make whatever they want. Donation. 
Excuse me for my beauty now, for I shall give you some ancient Native American wisdom here. That's Dallas Goldtooth. That's that's the uh, William Knife Man. Saints from the heartbeat of Mother Earth. He who hoots with the owls at night cannot soar Bobby Lee? with eagles awesome. in the morning. Oh, do they make There's it to California? Her and uh, Jackie. I think it's all my fault. Oh, so they're splitting up. So I want to get this straight. You got a white wizard curse, and now you need to break the curse. That bad medicine will come back on you hard. She's such an odd. Willie Jack is such an odd, you know, I'd love her. Yeah. You ever seen her not all buoyed up? She's perfect. She's beautiful. I don't even know what I'm doing. They don't even teach you anything. (laughs) They just expect you to know. You think you're the only kid on the res growing up without a dad? Do you believe that, bro? All kinds of shit's been going down. Luchador, man. Are you guys snagging yet? I'm 15. What about you? No boyfriend? No. Girlfriend? Can't be tamed. Raider, take pity upon these kids. They did something they ain't proud of. The effects of it will linger on in their hearts until they deal with the guilt inside. Uh-huh. It's got so much heart, man. I watched that. Watch two dogs get stuck together. For if you do, you shall get pink eye. <laughs> more money now for more wisdom. Oh, <laughs> I love that guy. Oh, young warrior. <laughs> uh. I, I love. Um, the episode with Bill Burr. Yeah. By the way, his new special. I watched some of it. I mean, I love it. Of course, it's great. I mean, he really goes goes for it. He really does. We haven't discussed that, the whole Chappelle thing, saying he's the goat and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, story for, well, that's for another show. Um, the thing I loved about Reservation Dogs with that episode was, I, and, I, and I stick by this after watching it again, the girl who plays um, Sabrina. No, it's uh, Alora. Alora. Alora, yeah. Uh, that acting when she found Daniel hanging is the best acting I've ever seen out of anyone. It was very good. I'm see. I'm just her. Her reaction was so genuine when she comes walk the door. She's like, <gasps> you know, and she runs and trying to lift him up, and she's bawling, crying, and all that stuff. It was fucking heartbreaking, and it, it fucking it punched me, man. I was like, God damn, it's fucking. And Bill Burr was great in it too. I mean, he, his acting was great. He's going to fuck around and get himself an Oscar someday. I think he is. I think he's got it in him. I think that, um, you know, I'd like to see maybe see that character again. We probably won't. But I, I just, he's, you know, helping her deal with uh, her mom, Cookie, getting killed. He's a weird Burr steals everything that he's in. It is. He's still, uh, he's still his- Breaking Bad. Mandalorian, <laughs> yes. a couple episodes, yes. he stole it, he did. and it, it gave a really good arc mm-hmm. for a tertiary character, right. a stormtrooper. Not a stormtrooper. I was a sniper. <laughs> yeah, he's got the Boston accent still. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but they gave a nice arc to like a tertiary character that you'd never really heard from, right? Like you, we don't know anything about stormtroopers or anybody that fought for the uh, mm. what are they the Empire, right? And then you get a nice little arc for this fella two episodes, whatever it was, and he fucking redeems himself, and then you don't see him again. Peace out. Yeah. That was very good. I like And that. he was good in it. Yes, he was. Um, I think that uh, all those things, uh, Disney and all those things, they just, uh, I think they need to leave it alone for a while. Stop going back to the well. Let it die. Yeah. Like I said, everything looks like it's made on an assembly line now. It's no good. 
I mean, even that scene with Obi Wan and Darth Vader, I thought it was good, and then I thought about it too. I was like, yeah, they um, they made him so overpowered, and then they didn't. There's just no continuity. It's like, guys, you know, you can't you can't make them like all powerful and all that stuff, yeah, and then all of a sudden they can't. Well, do what anything. they're doing is they're making it for people now, not people that have been watching it for forty some years. <laughs> I know, and that's where they made their mistake. They just I know because the the kids of the people that have been watching it for forty some years also have critiques, the same critiques that their parents. Yes, and have. they would because they're, you know, a lot of them are going to be nerds that are nerds. You can say what you want about nerds, but once they accept something that that once they accept it that it's not good, then they're going to tear it apart. Like episode one, people were telling themselves they liked it for a long time, and then finally they just had to level with themselves, be like, it wasn't good, and here's why it wasn't. I implore you. I think somebody did the same thing with the Obi-Wan series, which might make it good is they, somebody took the episode one, two and three edited out all the bullshit, all the filler, all the uh, jar jar. Yeah. Made a nice two hour movie that has a good beginning, middle and end. It makes sense. Yeah. And it's good. Find it on YouTube. That's what I did. And it was good. I think somebody's going to do it with Obi-Wan, too. I've actually heard somebody's already done it. I think you can get that one lady out. She's terrible. Yeah, and also, she serves no real purpose to the story. She's bad. She's just bad. You I, just get to leave now? Like, uh, well, I, they let he let her go. Obi-Wan let her go after she spent nine episodes trying to kill him. Well, and I just, she's, I don't know, man. You know who would have been good in that role if they wanted a, a lady of color? Marsha Gay Harden. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's in the mist. Lisa um, Bonet. A little too old. Um, well, this play is probably too old too. The the lady who played uh, Marsha in um, in in Station Eleven, she would have she would have killed that role. Marsha, the, the lady who made, the who wrote Station Eleven, yeah, she would have killed it. I mean, she's see, uh, we there. There's that whole discussion where they probably tried to get Zendaya, but they couldn't afford her. She would have been great in it. She's, she's great. A, she's a really great actress, man. I can't tell what race she is. I love. <laughs> I love people that I can't tell what race. Let me are. let me do the lefty thing. Human, like yeah, okay. I, I, like she kind of looks native. She really does. She kind of looks like she could be an Eskimo. Is that Indi- is Inuit? Inuit? Yeah. Sorry, God, that's, does, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> it's gonna get us. What Inuit? <laughs> Eskimo instead of Inuit. Oh, she no. looks like she could be Portuguese, Brazilian. She, I mean, she's definitely native. Maybe probably has some native, but I just the, the, that whole fight happened with you know the fans where you had people who okay you had people who were legitimate racists who just hate anything with purple color is going to end they're going to tear it apart you know whatever but then you find yourself on the same side of those people because you're critiquing or acting and you immediately get called a racist because well you just don't like the fact she's a person of color like no I, I don't like the fact that she sucks it has nothing to do with her race and that's a, that's a lot of what the uh i've been watching these nerd channels that crit like have criticisms mm-hmm. or they review things and they talk about them right sometimes they'll have four hour shows mm-hmm. where there's a bunch of them together talking about them and they talk about how they're accused of being racist for not liking something. Yeah. And it, it's just not fair because there's a black guy on our panel here that also doesn't like it. Right. So like, I know it makes strange bedfellows. Like I don't and, and uncomfortable bedfellows. Cause yeah. you're just like, I hate those motherfuckers. I can't stand them. But at the same time, they're criticizing. And I know why they're criticizing it, but I have a valid criticism. It's like the Lord of the Rings show. 
man it looks bad it does not look good and the thing about it is is that you can't um you can't explain that away it has to fit and um and immediately you've got people willing to attack you. Now that being said, the story for the the Black Valerians in uh, House of the Dragon is going to be awesome because they did it properly. You have to write them a good story. They have to have a reason. You know what I mean? These cultures have to have a reason to exist because fantasy culture are still human cultures, and it has to make sense. You know, you know they uh, how they made this Rings of Power show how. N- notes that Tolkien had, yeah, from the Silmarillion, and they made their own story out of it. And here, if you want to watch the teaser, the newest teaser that came oh, out a few well, days ago, so it all looks fake. There had not yet been a sunrise. Actual Tolkien, Tolkien fans, there was I hate light. this as they would, as they would. I mean. have forests to protect dwarfs their mines mend their fields of grain but we Harfoots have each other they can't say hobbits so they have to say Harfoots for some reason we're safe you have fought long enough Galadriel put up your sword now that's Kate Blanchett's character, right? Yes. The question Glad you're all one warrior. It is over. You have not seen what I've seen. I have seen my share. You have not seen what I have seen. It's gonna bomb. That's unfortunate. That's a lot of. That's one of the main criticisms I hear is Galadriel isn't a warrior. This guy did a video about it, and he's he's a I think he's a Scottish guy or something like that, and he just absolutely eviscerates it, and it's fucking hilarious. Um, I can't remember who he is or whatever. I just hit it, and I, he was just talking about, you know, here's here's uh here's Elrond telling her she can't be a warrior. Here's you know just like all the shit, like oh god, it's so fucking obvious, you know, all the fucking just you know. You're keeping me from doing that. I'm like, oh, guys, come on. Like if Bezos, I get the feeling that Jeff Bezos is a big nerd. Why wouldn't he want it to be something that Tolkien would be proud of? Why would he let just people run off with it? You know, because he, because nerds, he, uh, sometimes he also wants to be cool. Yes. So the new cool thing, you've, you've got it being woke. right there. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Yes. I mean, it's, they should have let Elon make it. Elon doesn't care if he's cool. <laughs> Should let Trump make it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got giant yeah. blonde hair. They all look like him. They just all look like him. Ill fitting suits with red ties for some reason. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Nobody can fight Sauron like I can fight Sauron. I'll kick his ass. I will. <laughs> Everybody knows how tough I am. I'll piece him up. Stay on the outside. He's such a piece so of jabs. Shit. The funniest thing about it now, that's another thing with the January 6th thing. He's trying to, to the only reason he's trying to win the presidency now. This is true. It's to keep himself out of jail <laughs> because probably they've connected him to so much shit. Like, have you have you been paying attention? Not really. No. Well, I know something leaked of like Steve Bannon, like predicting what was going to happen. 
oh, they after were, Steve Bannon already they were de- they were discussing it in de- in detail how Trump was going to do it that he de- that he had discussed with Trump. They coordinated like he did all this shit and like all these people were seeking pardons like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates are all seeking pardons before the fact because they knew what they did right. Um, the story, by the way, of him lunging for the steering wheel and stuff is true. Like the Secret Service wiped their fucking records right after it happened and claimed that it was because you had Trump politicized the Secret Service, which you aren't shouldn't do and really aren't allowed to do, but it did it anyway because he's Donald Trump. And it, dude, it's a big deal. All this shit he did is a big deal. I understand that people don't like the word government and all this stuff. I agree with you. But at the same time, this is the destruction of democracy. This is how this happens, you know. And if they don't charge him. And he gets elected again. We ha- we have no more democracy. I don't think they're going to charge him, um, but I don't think he's going to get elected again. You don't you don't think? Not well. Now. The f- the most fun part is now Mike Pence is openly uh, endorsing people that are that are Trump candidates that oh, are yeah. that are not Trump candidates that are the opposite of that are Trump candidates opponents. This is that bad part of me that nihilistic part that sometimes yeah, I go after you guys for being sometimes you know. I love you, but it's very nihilistic. That part of me is now kicking up because I'm like, I can't wait to see this happen. I can't you wait to see the debates. Mike Pence to run against him and win. I, I want to see the debates. I want to see. I would like to see Donald Trump stroke out on stage because he gets so mad and he can't just grab somebody. You know what I mean? That would be awesome. I'd like to see that, too. I mean, I, I just he's such a, a turd. And it's just like, you know, but it's become amusing now because he is legitimately nervous he tried to call and intimidate a witness and liz cheney the next day said um donald trump called somebody on the phone we will go after you for coercing witnesses i don't care for her don't get me wrong man i don't like her or at all but she has stuck to her guns and she has been tough so maybe she'll run uh she's not even be able to get elected in her state yeah i doubt it um that's just not going to happen so got anything else you want to talk about no let's end this some bitch then sure i'm done I'm tired. You should let that whole song play. Yeah, let's do it. What was the name of that fucking song? Uh, let's go back to our Wandering Under the Moon. All right. Thanks for listening, you bunch of queeves. Um, go fuck yourselves.